is nomad life over? Is it dying? Is it dying out? We're going to talk about that in podcast 1128, the Bob Davis podcast. I am in Quartzsite, Arizona, which of course many know is the epicenter supposedly of the nomad thing, whatever you want to call it, the hashtag nomad life, nomad land, whatever. Uh, and I, I'm, I'm going to talk about uh, what I see as a, 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 an interesting development in this uh, world, in this podcast. And I'm going to offer up a couple of uh, caveats here uh, at the very beginning of podcast 1128, the Bob Davis podcasts. I want to thank one of my sponsors, longtime sponsor, 36 Lynn which is the independently owned and operated refueling station in South Minneapolis. These are the guys that are community involved. They have a great store with locally sourced products. And the thing about independent refueling stations is they get a better deal on fuel because they make their own deals for fuel and they can pass that savings on to customers. They're at 36th Street South and Lindale Avenue South in Lynn Lake uh, in Minneapolis. And if you get the chance, stop by, get some peace, coffee, hang out and uh, get some fuel and say hi 36 lynn check them out on instagram at 36 lynn as well as 36 lynn.com or click on their banner at the top of the page at the bobdavispodcast.com i have a podcast audience which extends beyond the confines of quartzite uh it extends beyond the confines of uh the so-called uh nomad experience nomad life whatever uh, and so there are people listening to these podcasts that aren't nomads, that have never wanted to be nomads, and that aren't out here in the desert uh, right now uh, enjoying the nomad experience. They are just back in the world doing what they do. So I struggle between both worlds. And some people out here in what would be, you could refer to as a community, but as you'll see in this podcast, I'm not so sure it's a community. And I'm going to talk about that would say, well, why do you keep referring to one and the other? So we're, we're talking about two different worlds. The other thing is I'm not going to sit here all summer. Uh, I'm currently sitting here because I'm going to, I'm spending the winter here basically, but I, I won't be here forever. So there's other places I will go and I don't need to get into that too much in depth because I've talked about that in other podcasts. And, and then when I start moving again, you'll, you'll hear that. So sometimes the nomad content can get a little much even for me uh and so i'm i'm starting to curtail that because i'm going to be moving starting march 1st again so uh I, i'm starting to sort of transition out of this particular experience but i'm just going to say at the outset here i am not feeling the nomad life mojo i'm not even feeling the quartzite mojo and I'm kind of upset about it. I'm kind of, um, I'm not sure why. I'm not sure what I think about why. Uh, I, I, I even hesitate to say that there's a lot of consternation regarding doing this podcast because I'm not sure I even want to talk about it. There's many, many, many very good people here. There are people, good people here, both uh, in the community, and there are good people here who uh, are in the RV community or the people that are, uh, you know, camping out here, for lack of a better term. Uh, Quartzsite, Arizona is unique, both because of its location and because a number of these campgrounds from the Bureau of Land Management 
are located all around this small town called Quartzsite, Arizona, which is on the 10, just east of Blythe, California, and west of Tucson. So uh, south of Phoenix, west of Tucson, east of Blythe. So we're right almost to the California border here in Quartzsite. And over the years, it has become uh, sort of a mecca for RV people dating back 30 or 40 years. Eventually, these campgrounds opened, and there are, I don't know, one, two, three, four, five, six, maybe even seven, depending on what part of the area you're camping in. If you go 90 miles south to Yuma, there's four or five more campgrounds, two or three, four or five, whatever. And then if you go over to California, there's also a number of these Bureau of Land Management campgrounds or uh, or long-term visitor areas where you buy a little ticket and then you can just sit here and you can camp here for, for you get four or five months or whatever it is. I think it's five months, maybe even six. And it's like 180 bucks. Okay. So there's a lot of people here in RVs. And over the years, this has become a mecca for the so-called nomad community. I also have to say that there are differences. These are really tribes. This is There isn't a whole co- uh, community, quote unquote, of nomads who are full-time people living out of vans or, uh, or old uh, cobbled together RVs, school buses, and the like out here in the desert. There are a lot of RVs. The RV people, in my mind, are different because a lot of them aren't full-time. They come down from Akron, Ohio, and Detroit, and Minneapolis, and St. Paul, and Milwaukee, and places like that where it's really cold. They come down here because this little corner of southwestern Arizona and southeastern uh, California, all the way down to the Mexican border, are usually the weather is fantastic. It's 60 to 70. It's not very humid. And yeah, there are rains. It's raining right now, which is one of the reasons I'm in the truck. Uh, but most of the time, the weather is perfect. So this little corner of the nation, generally speaking, is not touched by the so-called winter weather that you have, even in Alabama and Mississippi and uh, the the Deep South or even Florida. The, the weather here is very consistent, and it's usually sunny and warm, and it has been, because of that, a mecca for people with RVs going back to the late 70s and early 80s. And the campgrounds here, most of them opened, I believe, in the mid to late 70s. And, and so this has always been a place where these people come. Almost everyone has seen by now the movie Nomadland. Uh, this is a movie which depicts uh, a group of people who come here and sort of develop into a community. Most of the people that listen to this podcast are well aware of the so-called hashtag nomad life or hashtag van life stuff on Instagram, which kind of made the idea of cutting loose and going off in a van to experience travel and life in rural America and in national parks and in national forests and so forth in a van, uh, whether it was the early van life stuff or what became uh, the nomad life stuff. And th- there, uh, there is a lot of interest in this lifestyle because of that stuff, especially YouTube, especially Instagram. And at one time I would say Facebook, but I don't think Facebook is as important now as YouTube, uh, maybe TikTok and, and, uh, and Instagram for uh, instigating 
an, an interest in doing this. I can't tell you how many times I get emails or people will uh, contact me and ask me what this is like. So when I set out in in 2020, 20, late 2020, to do this full time after traveling three, four weeks at a time in uh, this vehicle, my rig, which is an old ambulance, and then in 2020, I got rid of everything and I hit the road and I had that really iconic first year of nomad travel, which is a euphoric experience where there's no rules, you don't have to be anywhere, and you're traveling across the country on back roads and you're going here and you're going there because you feel like it. And I just drove all over the country, back and forth, up and down three or four different times, just drinking in this sense of freedom and felt like I don't, I don't think there's anything else I ever want to do besides doing this. And when I say that it feels like the bloom is off the rose in terms of nomad life, I'm not talking about myself because I, uh, I, I'm still getting a lot out of this. The reason I do it is because there are sublime moments that make it worthwhile. I don't share all those sublime moments. Some of those sublime moments cannot be captured on any kind of media for posterity. You try to take a picture and it doesn't look like anything. You try to record it and it doesn't look like anything. You try to make a video out of it and it doesn't look like anything. But there are moments, uh, uh, there are sublime moments which really make me make me say this is why i'm doing this and this is why i love to do this and i mean i can tell you a few of them i can describe them people always say you should uh, have video of all these things that you talk about you can't get it on video i don't care how hard you try you could have you could have gopros running 24 hours a day you would not capture it because this is an internal experience it's an inter it's an experience you internalize one internalizes this experience when you don't have to be somewhere quote unquote and you don't have to do something quote unquote so it's a decidedly different kind of lifestyle from that back in the world where we get up at such and such day time of the day we get in our cars or we well we get in our cars or we ride public transportation depending on where we live to a location and we do a job then we come home we have our dinner we we sit in front of our televisions or whatever in our comfortable houses we talk to loved ones or we don't because we don't live with anyone whatever or we talk to roommates we have our experience and then we go to bed and we get up the next day and we do the same thing we don't do that here when we're when we're when we're sitting when we're stopped yeah you wake up you get up you do your thing you have a routine but it's still you're camping so it's a little bit different but there aren't any rules for what has to be done when it has to be done how it has to be done so because of that it is a it is a different lifestyle uh it has been described as hunter-gatherer. I disagree with that explanation. We're not hunting and we're not gathering. <laughs> we're not gathering berries and, and leaves to eat. We're not hunting buffalo. Let's not go off the reservation, quote-unquote, in terms of making this into something it isn't. We're in a rig. We're camping. We're going to go someplace else. The, 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 uh, the value of it is that we are free to go where we want to go when we want to go 
and the only limitations are how much money do you have for fuel and food to do this thing that you're doing. And I will talk more about why I think that the bloom is off the rose when it comes to nomad life uh, in the second half of this podcast. So we're getting close to February, and February is kind of the go-to month for people planning their gardens. And I don't care whether you're planting vegetables for yourself or whether you are doing landscaping, all the things. This is the time when people sit down at the dining room table, spread everything out, look at it, and figure out what they want to do. And I'm talking about gardeners. But you don't have to be a gardener. You just have to be somebody that is thinking about doing that the people to talk to to do that are Garden Gurus MN. These are the people that will come out and help you put your garden together, whether you need prep or you need the whole thing. And if you want their help, this is a great time to make appointments and plan because you can get deals on price. Because uh, Garden Gurus MN is starting to put together their whole uh you know, plan for the coming year. So if you are sprucing up, if you are planting, if you've got a, some kind of ambitious plan, you're looking at seeds and how you want to do what you want to do, this is a great time to contact GardenGurusMN.com. Just go to their website and you'll see what I'm talking about. Thanks for sponsoring the Bob Davis Podcast. Visit GardenGurusMN.com. One of the things I hear a lot from people is well, what's it like and and there seems to be a search for um, a community so people leave a community they come out here and they seek to establish a community now an example of that is the many hundreds perhaps thousands of rvs driven by retirees that come down from akron and milwaukee and south minneapolis and uh you know uh, rapid city south dakota and all the places up north that are cold as hell right now and canadians as well they come down here in their rvs and they they leave a home back in some other place and they will come back to that home and they will park that rv in the driveway and they won't drive it again until next year or they'll maybe they'll drive someplace and they'll go to some lake for labor day or for uh you know memorial day but generally speaking they use the rv they they hook up a jeep they hook up a trailer they take everything they've got in their backyard up north and they bring it down here and they set up basically a suburban backyard in a neighborhood and there are people camped right next to them doing the same thing and so on and this is what it was like 30 or 40 years ago when all these people in winnebago's and whatnot came down here and you know put the wagons in a circle so to speak and got together and you know got they had their friends that they camped with sometimes they're their neighbors from up in uh, ypsilanti as i like to say or, or 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 syracuse or wherever they're from and this is what they do and and so they have recreated a suburban neighborhood and they have recreated a community down here that they're going to enjoy for four or five months these days they bring their side-by-sides or their motorcycles or whatever kind of uh, instrument they have e-bikes are very popular right now and they ride around on this stuff or they take walks and they go into town and they they go to the swap meets and they do all the things and they have a great time they are not nomads 
and I don't mean any disrespect to them, but most of them are not full-time. Some of them are, and they are nomads, but they're nomads in a different sense because they have more resources. They've got a big RV. They're going to take that big RV to a campground somewhere, and they're going to sit there, and then they're going to take that big RV to some other campground, and they're going to sit there, and that's what they do. So the van life community, if you will, the the, the quote-unquote true nomad community, the people in school buses, the people in vans, uh, who are driving around the country uh, in various places, camping in the woods, camping in the deserts, camp- going to the national parks and the state parks, and on this sort of mission to just travel and see all the things that they didn't see when they were working and now they're retired and they're out doing all that stuff. That's pretty much van life. Now, there are a lot of young people doing this, but I wouldn't call this a community. So when I talk about not feeling the quartzite mojo, that's kind of what I'm talking about. There, there really isn't a, a, a quote-unquote nomad community. Now, I mentioned the movie Nomadland earlier in the podcast. That intimated that there was some kind of community out here that was going to greet you with open arms regardless of your situation. They were going to show you how to build your van. They were going to show you where to camp. You were going to learn all these amazing skills. There was a lore that you were going to learn coming out here and doing this. Well, I don't know that that's a community, and I don't even know that that community exists, but I have seen other things going on. I have seen charlatans and con men who really prey on uh, new people that come out here. I have seen and, and, and I have heard about uh, violence, and I see an awful lot of people, and I'm sorry to say this, but I see a lot of people drugging and drinking. And uh, I will just say that uh, anecdotally, what I've heard is that uh, the, the BLM has um, two or three armed officers. Most of the time, the BLM rangers will come out and they'll talk to you. But if there's real trouble, these rangers are actually being deployed. And they'll come out here to deal with a particular problem. And uh, we heard uh, secondhand, so it's hearsay, but I don't disbelieve this because I've seen them going over there, uh, that they have been called to a particular campground almost every night between 7 p.m. and 1 a.m. to deal with situations that have come about because of drinking. Uh, and uh, and actually, it's people under th- between 30 and 50 uh, or under 30 that seem to be getting into trouble out here at these sort of makeshift bars that are set up. And uh, I mean, when they when these places started to fill up, and there's a lot of people here now, uh, they they came quote unquote for the uh, the uh, Bob Wells RTR thing, which apparently they didn't come for because there weren't a lot of people at that. And I want to talk about that in a second. They aren't taking care of the campgrounds. There's a lot of drunkenness. There are issues with people who are over 70 years old, grown men throwing hatchets at dogs and uh, being difficult. And also a lot of these old guys who really should know better just mean and and acting like Karens out here. So the bloom is kind of off the rose in a a lot of ways. Uh, And again, remember when you hear me say this, that I said at the beginning that there's a lot of really wonderful, nice people, and I've met a lot of really wonderful, nice people. But I've also heard people say, people who have camp hosted, people who know, 
that one of the concerns they have is people come out here and they just they just want to drink and they just drink. So there's a lot of drunkenness and there's there's a lot of drug use. Let's talk about the the RTR thing, which is like the road tramp, uh, rubber tramp meet up that Bob Wells, who was the guy in Nomad Land and has a YouTube channel, uh, did this year. And I know this because I went over there almost every day because I was charging my battery over in that general vicinity. The great people of Quartzite have provided some facilities for people, and they very graciously allow us to use them to do things like charge our battery packs or whatever. And uh, I went over there almost every day uh, for the, for this air in this area in in the community where this group meets, and there was almost nobody there. And Bob Wells actually did a video and talked about. Uh, why nobody was there, saying that that basically it's economic hardship that has prevented people from coming this year. I'm not sure that's what it is. I'm wondering whether it is because we have reached uh, a point where the whole nomad thing has kind of peaked. Why do you say that, Bob Davis? Well, for one thing, people have gone back to work. You know, this thing really hit a peak during the COVID uh, period when uh, you know, everyone got their checks and they just said, let's buy a van and go. Let's get an RV and go. We don't have to be at work. Uh, we can re- we can work remotely. They'll never know. We're just going to go. And so there was a ton of people here in 2020. There was a ton of people here in 2021. There was a ton of people here in 22. Uh, and there, there are still actually a ton of people here now, but now it's mostly RV people because there's this giant RV show here. So it always pulls in people. So really the most number of people that are here right now are RV people. There are also a number of people in tents and car camping, which, which we generally think is dangerous. And we decry certain people who tell people they should just come out and do this, even if they're in a car. I, I strongly urge you, if you're thinking about becoming a nomad, save your money and at least get a van so that you will be off the ground and you'll have a place for your stuff and you can get a heater and you can be warm instead of just being in a tent. Uh, I, I think that's dangerous. And I, I think it's dangerous, especially in the desert. There's mountain cats. There's all sorts of things that can get in your tent. Maybe there's not going to be a problem. Maybe there's never been a problem. They also blow down with the wind and there's other issues. But uh, I don't think that's a I don't think that's a great experience to have a nomad experience in a tent. The idea of a community is there there are some standards it, it isn't just anarchy so this is one of the things that uh, i disagree with with certain people that say that this is a, this is a return to the hunter gatherer lifestyle that permeated uh, humanity uh two three four thousand years ago and in europe why did people stop becoming hunter gatherers well they built houses and they started cultivating and even in north america natives did the same thing navajo and other tribes you know basically built houses and started cultivating it was only the plains indians that chose to follow the buffalo and so became quote unquote hunter gatherers uh, to quote a professor from the University of Nebraska that, that studies these things, uh, hunter-gatherer life was short and violent, several times more short and violent than even uh, what's going on today in the world with all the wars and things that are going on. So it, it wasn't a lifestyle that was necessarily st- uh, sustainable. 
And again, we're not hunter-gatherers. We are just living in vans and moving around the country. And some of us have more resources than others, and we're able to go places and do things that others can't do. Uh, and we end up here because of the weather. That's really why people come here, and because there are so many places to go. These kinds of places do not exist in other parts of the country. So if you're going to do this, so there's going to be periods of time when you're going to be in Oregon, or you're going to be in Minnesota, or you're going to be in Wisconsin, or you're going to be out east, and the state campgrounds are expensive, and the forest services are expensive, and there's not a lot of open land where you can quote-unquote disperse camp. But anyway, this question of, uh, of community uh, vexes me. And I've done this podcast two or three different times, and I feel like this is probably a little bit better, uh, but I don't feel there's a community here. Um, now, I, I just want to say that I am one of the people who believe that we're in a flux state in the world and in the nation right now. And I don't mean politically or any of that. I'm not even talking about that. I'm talking about a flux state based on technology, how people work, what people work at, how they work at what they work at, when they work, all of those things. And that flux state is, uh, is an opportunity to give people more flexibility in how they work and when they work. And, and I'm sure you're aware of news stories which have consistently indicate that people who are working do not want to go back into the office. They want to have the option of being able to work at home. I believe that there are going to be technological developments in the future that allow people to actually do run businesses and work at certain jobs and be able to do this, to be able to wander around the country and do what they do, even if they are, uh, let's say, consulting and they're going from point A to point B. So they're going to be in such and such a place for two months and then they're going to be in such and such a place for two months. Similar to a travel nurse, but, you know, in business, let's say. And I think that it's pretty exciting, those uh, technological developments. And I think we're going to start seeing more and more of those developments come online. AI might be part of that. Uh, better computers might be part of that. Better telephone and, and communications facilities might be part of that. But I would challenge, quote unquote, nomads, people who really are committed to this lifestyle, to think about the, the kinds of infrastructure that we need to be able to build this kind of a community, a real community. Not just, not just a, a group of people camping together that kind of loosely follow some sort of ethereal concepts about respecting each other or friendship or whatever you want to call it, but uh, or what somebody says they're supposed to do or not to do, but actually some infrastructure that assists people who travel to do more than just sit in their vans and hope that they can find a gig or sit in their vans and do YouTube videos like me <laughs> and podcasts and try to monetize them, but to do more and to be able to have the facilities to do more regardless of where they are in the country, things like that. I, I think there is a future to this, but I don't know that the future of the Nomad experience is what it has been. And I think that the trend is starting to fade. Now, the only, the only exception to that statement would be if there is a significant economic issue, uh, then you will then be, as I refer to it, in a Grapes of Wrath situation where 
people hit the road because they have nowhere else to go and they can't afford. This is where I kind of talked about this a little bit in the podcast, Sharecropper Nation. If we really do have a serious recession, you might see this movement gather steam again, and then it might take on a little bit different character. And if it does, I'll talk about it then. But uh, I, you'll, a lot of times you'll hear people that are content creators, podcasters, and YouTube people say, hey, what do you think? I'm not saying, what do you think? I'm not trolling for comments. What I'm suggesting is that people quietly, I don't want you to tell me necessarily, but people quietly uh, meditate on manifesting these this infrastructure so that people uh, that come from different walks of life, young and old, can can work together to to build uh, what is called what you would really call a community, even if it's a nomad community with different nodes. Some of them exist. There's things called intentional communities that have that have really some of them have have done a lot of work along these lines. Uh, but I but I'm talking about uh, uh, you know infrastructure that doesn't necessarily follow a political line or a social a certain social thinking line, and that welcomes everybody from all walks of life regardless of their opinions about that sort of thing and i'm asking the nomad people to think about that meaning to meditate on that not to broadcast what you think right now as in putting it in a comment i i really don't want that people are going to comment uh we're going to get the comments that say you know uh, you know, you guys, you, you're not free, and all this other stuff, uh, or you know, you're running away from something. I can tell you most significantly that I am most definitely not running from something. I'm running to something, and I've thought about that. I've done podcasts about that. I've ruminated on that, and I'm asking people to do the same thing when it comes to creating infrastructure for uh, people to do what we're doing, because I think the technology is going to get better and better and better. The rigs are going to get better. The tools are going to get better. Uh, and we're going to be able to do more. How are we going to structure this? And, and there's no uh, there's no power structure that says, this is how we do this. This is something that kind of comes together. So it's something that requires a little bit of thought. And I'm thinking about it too. Thanks for listening to the Bob Davis Podcast. Thanks for subscribing to the Bob Davis Podcast on iTunes. It's really important because iTunes changed their uh, their platform. They rejiggered their platform a little bit. So if you haven't listened to a podcast in a few weeks, you probably have to resubscribe or to listen to it to get more of the podcasts. Uh, in addition to that, um, I appreciate donations to the Bob Davis podcast. I'm not going to get into the whole thing because I'm running long, but you can uh, go to the BobDavisPodcasts.com, look for the donate window, and you can donate whatever you want. That goes right in the gas tank. More about that later. Thanks for listening to Podcast 1128. Well, I feel better. I, I, I've done this podcast again and again and again. And I've wiped it clean and started over again and again and again. And I hope I get it this time. I don't know. We'll see. Thanks for listening to Podcast 1128. The Bob Davis Podcast is Nomad Life Over. <gasps> I walk a lonely road, the only one that I have ever known.